the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are things at the home front? Things are fine. I had a really exciting morning. Yeah, tell me. I had a new screen door installed. Oh, a screen door. Don't you like that? I love it. Now, here's... I'm I'm bringing the story up because new Mike has just purchased a home. He's a mm. first-time homeowner. God bless and Mike is so diligent. He has done so many things since they moved in a month ago, right? He has been on it. And all I can think of when I hear his stories are all the things that my husband and I wanted to do to our house when we first bought it. Right. And then I look around and I cannot believe how many of those things we've never done sure. in all this time. For one reason or another, right? Exactly. A lot of it had to do with money, money. right? And then then there were the children who seemed to take up a lot of our energy. I don't know what that was about. but And then, of course, jobs and such. Anyway, the screen door, John, was one of the things I hated. Do you know why? Why is that? First of all, it looked like garbage. Is that the the side screen door? uh Uh-huh. But the bottom of it had a bumper sticker on it that said, go Navy. Go Navy. I support the Navy. Sure. But- you know, I don't have anyone in my immediate family who's a member of the Navy. <laughs> you, I mean, I, you've I owned the house for how long? Uh, 21 years. 21 years, the bumper sticker. <laughs> Looking at that stupid door. Well, I just think it was part of the charm of the, of the yeah, house. Yeah, well, the charm is gone because I have a new door and I am so geeked Fabulous. about it. That's good. That's a good feel. So is the screen from top to bottom? or uh, The screen is, is one of those ones that's halfway so it I can be it. retracted. I do that. I love that. Me too. It's our front door. I oh, love so it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lovely. I'm so I'm I'm on cloud nine. No, it's the little things that really make a difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. very nice, Mike. someday you can have your own uh, brand new screen door as well. Heck yeah! I I very... recently just installed a new toilet, and I, I found oh. myself uh, staring at it yesterday for a good like 15 minutes, just of... enjoy. <laughs> yes, you were in love, right? You because I did that, right? <laughs> And every every new home, every new homeowner uh, deserves a brand new clean flush. Absolutely, right? absolutely. You don't want the old, you know, the old house sticking no. around there. No, no, that's good. <laughs> Congratulations good. on your starting over. Congratulations <laughs> on your new door. Thank very you nice. very much. Hey, speaking of starting over, uh, yesterday was move-in day at the University of Pittsburgh, which is usually—I mean, I've witnessed this multiple times. Kath, you lived it. it it's generally chaos. Oh my gosh! Listen. I remember my very first one as a freshman. Mm. It was like a controlled tornado. (laughs) People were yelling. People were, you know, throwing things. People were getting flowers. People were getting balloons. People were bringing baked goods in. It was like a big party. People crying. People People crying. I was going to say, and of course, there was the weeping. Yeah, sure, sure. And what I love about Pitt is that I didn't have this part of my experience. These big laundry carts 
yeah. and move up and down Fifth Avenue. What is yeah. the up with the, the laundry carts? But I don't know. It's what we've always done. It's like yeah. you, you wonder how things get started, right? But a tradition at Pitt is you put all your stuff in those big yellow yeah. laundry tubs, and that's how you move in. I think it's, it's actually genius. pretty smart. Very, very smart. Yeah. I mean, I'm moving my kid into Grove City, me personally carrying a mini fridge up and down four flights. And of you stairs. wouldn't have to do that if you had the laundry tub. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so yesterday the move in was unlike any move in that you were associated with, Kath, because apparently it was very, very slow. Uh, Pitt's uh, plan to allow students to return to campus took months to draw up, including that compressed schedule and housing a quarter of students in Oakland area hotels. Mm. But uh, even the lack of chaos, the arrival dates and times for students living on campus staggered to keep crowds to a minimum. Students moving into on-campus housing must quarantine for seven days before arriving and seven days after. Classes are scheduled to start uh, the 24th. But they're saying there were no long lines at the uh, the towers, no long lines on the streets, nothing happening at the elevators like they used to be. It's just a a different feel. That's so sad. Gosh, it's so sad. So uh, as I understand it, it's a staggered move-in. So freshmen moved in this week and then sophomores move in next week and then juniors. I think that's the way it's going to work. Just keeping up with my alumni newsletter. Um, But, uh, you know, we uh, we have a friend who's moving in to one of the hotels in – in uh, Oakland, she's, she got housed there and the quarantine thing, I just, so you're supposed to quarantine a week at home before you go to pit. And then after you get there, you cannot first, I thought you couldn't leave your room. And I thought, well, can you, I mean, what in the world, but apparently you have to quarantine with sick four or six people who are, who live around you. You have to do everything with only those people, your bubble. All right, that has to be your mm-hmm. bubble for the first week. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that's probably going to be pretty much the norm at most colleges, right? You'll be assigned your bubble. Now, your daughter's going to move into college. When's that? Next week. Next Thursday. She's going to have a bubble. I guess. I haven't heard anything about the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, I, I mean, hey, I think we're all just showing up wherever we're showing up, whether it's the grocery store or college, and just saying, Okay, like point us in the right direction. Right, help me out here because I just need to get on with my life, uh, such as it is. Later in today's uh, program, in fact, this hour, we're going to open up the phone lines for you around 425, and we're going to ask you the question, how do you feel about sending your kid back to school? What protocols do you think are important? What do you think about fall sports for students? We'd love to hear about you. It's what everybody's talking about in America, and especially here in Western Pennsylvania. So we'd love to hear your concerns and the kinds of things you think are important. So that'll be later on this hour around 425. Also, as the show goes along, we'll be talking about worship leading with Jordan Abina, first time guest on our program, about what it's like to be a sacrificial leader. It's a very interesting project he's involved in. Also today, the NFL teams have announced 2020 attendance policies and protocols. Also, we know that uh, the Pirates are boasting Major League Baseball's worst record. (laughs) Well, that's a surprise. Worst record. So we'll be talking about that also. Mm -hmm. And then Carl Vader's in the five o'clock hour don't have anything to do, as the scriptures say, with foolish, stupid arguments, John. Yes. Okay. All right. That's a full show. Mm -hmm. That and much more ahead. The Wednesday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5. Word FM, W-O-R-D. Stick around. We're going to come back. Uh, Don't panic. Christians have been in this position before. We've got a model before us, so stay tuned for that conversation.
W-O-R-D. It's back to school time. So whether your kids will be back at school wearing masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive. So let us help. Enter the back to school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 to help pay for school supplies and kids clothing. Then your school gets an additional $2,500. There are lots of ways to enter. Find out how you and your school could be a winner. Sign up at wordfm.com. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously. Get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow. 800 how do you keep a biblical perspective in a pandemic accompanied by a mental health crisis? As COVID-19 has spread, prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications have nearly doubled. Yet in a world consumed by worry, God has a purpose for anxiety, and that's the subject of a timely new book, The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for overcoming fear, worry, and panic. Written by pastor and biblical counselor Josh Weidman, it offers his personal prescription with practical steps and biblical answers for coping with stress and deepening trust and dependence on God. The End of Anxiety can help you find peace and joy in times of uncertainty, fear, and darkness. Our main goal as Christians is to glorify God in everything we do. And as the author opens his life and personal journey in this book, he shows how suffering, anxiety, and our mental battles can bring God the glory. The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for overcoming fear, worry, and panic. Available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Learn more at endofanxiety.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Well, certainly it's an unusual time to be alive, even more so if you are a believer in Jesus. Uh, The good news is that as a believer, as a Christian, um, we, brothers and sisters in Christ, our forefathers have been there and done that. There is a pattern in place. Here to talk to us about that, about Christians in uh, different situations from past centuries, is Pastor Jason Chiron. Father Jason Chiron is the uh, pastor at Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, Pennsylvania, a good friend of ours and a regular guest on our show. Jace, how are you? Welcome back. Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Always good. All right, Jason, give us some historical perspective on where we are. 
Well, uh, let's start with where we uh, where we began. You know, we, we began during a time of incredible difficulty. You look back at the uh, Roman Empire and you look through uh, the, 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 the harrowing accounts of what our first forefathers went through for their faith in Christ, because, you know, to be baptized was basically to have an X put on your back, um, mm-hmm. and it, it meant death. You know, the first first 50 popes in Rome, you know, the first leaders of the Christian churches in Rome, I mean, 49 of the first 50 of them were, you know, were, were, uh, were martyred. Um, and uh, so the, the Christians in Rome, you can see in their catacombs, that martyrdom was, you know, that was just expected with baptism. And um, so, you know, we're living in a time now when uh, all of a sudden things aren't so easy anymore. You see in California, you know, churches being threatened with um, uh, fines and other things for, uh you know, for having services, um, and uh, people are fearful. People are fearful of going out. But this, I, I see this as a as a great opportunity for us to uh, return to our, our our sweet zone. And our sweet zone is difficulty. When there's difficulty, it's the Christians who rise to the challenge. And uh, you know, the the past, uh, you know, I think the past couple generations here in in North America, we've had it pretty good. And uh, you know, we've we've backslided a little bit. So now that uh, the Lord's just turning up the challenge a little bit, we have to lift up our game. Um, and historically, there's 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 lots of examples I, I'd like to share with you guys today on uh, how how Christians historically have uh, you know have risen to the challenge. Yeah. Okay. Good. So the present day weirdness and unusual circumstances, notwithstanding, there has been a template in place. So set the tone, then, Jason. Tell us a tell us a story of the past that we can relate to somehow in the in the present. Okay. Well, first of all, we're, we're, ours is an exceptional religion without exceptions. You know, the, the, we don't make exceptions. So you know, right now, a lot of people are thinking, you know, I want to go back to my my life of faith, but. I'm just going to live in fear right now until this trial passes. And, uh, you know, that we can't make exceptions. Uh, If we do, then we're no longer exceptional. So you look back historically, I'm thinking like the 16th century um, in in London. You know, people don't know this, but, you know, how did Christians live in 16th century London when the plague visited almost every single year? Think about that. The plague, (laughs) it wasn't just getting a cold. I mean, 30% of your population died. Um, and that's where we get the, you know, that nursery rhyme ring around the rosy that, that came from plague stricken England. And in 16th century London, we know almost every single year that town that city was plagued by the plague, you know, and it was the Christians who set themselves apart, you know, by taking care of the sick. Um, mm-hmm. And not just in England, but uh, that, that's, that's a particular example, though, every single year. You know, other cities, it was, you know, every other year, maybe every three or four years. But uh, London in the 16th century, um, people had to live by faith. And you, or you can go back a little bit further, and I think of the Christians on the coast of uh, the, the, the western coast of, of Europe. You know, they had to live in a Viking age when raiders came in from Scandinavia, and they might cut your throat every, any night. They might take away your children. You would never see your family again if you're lucky to be alive. And this was every single year for a couple centuries. And the Christians had to make a choice. You know, do I live every night in fear or do I just put my hands into the hands of God and live according to faith? Um, you know, you, you, can, you can look in, in uh, you know, the 19th century with the ages with the, the outbreaks of cholera and uh, typhoid and syphilis and, and whatnot, and um, 
people have to make these choices. You know, uh, every age has its own outbreak of fear-inducing contagion or fear-inducing uh, political or economic strife. And it's the Christians who, you know, are, are set apart. They're the ones who look at the challenges, and they are challenges, but they are unique in that they are the ones in each given time, each given place, who respond differently from those around them. They respond in faith, not in fear. Um, the other thing I, I think that we need to keep in mind is, and we've, we've forgotten this, but you know, we just came out of the nuclear Cold War era, you know, when, you know, I know my dad's, my dad's generation, they, they lived in great fear of, you know, an atomic bomb going off any day. And, uh, you know, my, my uh, in-laws, they, they lived, they were from the Soviet Union and uh, in Ukraine, uh, controlled by, the, by, by Russia at the time. And I now know from them that hey, they were afraid that the Americans were going to drop a nuclear bomb on them any, any day, any, any week. And so um, from their side, you know, there were people there who didn't like the Soviet Union, but they, they had to live according to faith. You know, they cannot live in fear every day. They have to get out. They have to do get busy with the work of God. And that means making an act of faith when you get up in the morning and a, and a prayer of thanksgiving at night. That's excellent. An act of faith when you get up in the morning and prayers of thanksgiving at nighttime. You know, Jace, you, you talked about, you know, the Cold War is probably, you know, uh, 50s through the 60s, maybe, you know, early 70s at the very most. But, uh, you know... I wonder now, since that time, we've had it pretty soft. And, you know, when you look at American Christians especially, this inconvenience, it has caused a bit of a ruckus. I don't believe, you know, as as a, as a body, as the full body, that we have appreciated the great gifts we've been given to assemble freely here in this country for so many decades. And now mm-hmm. for the first time, you know, churches, of course, a lot of churches were closed for a long time. And you mentioned earlier in the conversation, the, uh, the kerfuffle in California. Um, it feels as though, you know, Christians um, didn't necessarily act at their best. They certainly pushed back um, it makes us look like um, maybe we're part of the society, little softies as well. What do you think? Yeah, it does. It does. And I, I really fear that. I don't want to go before God. Um, and my manner of living during a crisis is the same as or worse than those who have no faith. I mean, mm-hmm. that, the, the thought of bringing that kind of shame upon Christ, is, it, it, it really keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. I, don't want to, I don't want to do that. And uh, um but I, I think you know this. The, the the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. You know, if we're going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, or if we're going to be destroyed by a virus, or if we're going to be destroyed by anything like that, then let that bomb or that virus um, uh, come and find us doing you know sensible things. Let it find us praying and working, teaching, you know, listening to music, bathing the kids, you know, playing tennis, chatting with friends. Uh, having a game of darts, but not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about death. And uh, that's just, that brings shame upon the name of the Lord. We, um, I just don't want people looking at us Christians thinking, you know, they're going to break our bodies and uh, they're going to dominate our minds. That's not who, that's not the stock we come from. We come from the stock of a man who gave his life on the cross and conquered the world by it. So we have to go forward with that kind of confidence. Amen to that. 
Father Jason Sharon is with us, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in the Carnegie section of Pittsburgh. Jason, um, I too have thought about the early years of the church, um, the early centuries of the church and the struggle with the plague and thinking about um, how many people came to faith because they saw the actions of Christians. Um, acting in sacrificial ways, caring for the sick, and that that was one of the, Rodney Stark talks about this in, in one of his books about that was one of the engines that um, that caused the church to explode in volume in those years. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that's a great, that's a great lead in because um, we, we know that the population of Christians in, in Rome and in North Africa and in what's today Turkey, you know, Cappadocia, Asia Minor, it exploded in large part because you know, they, they bring these Christians in to torture them and for entertainment. And so you have a large number of people there. And and uh, the people were, were so convicted by the manner of their dying of these Christians that often their, their torturers, the executioners, were, would convert. Um, and, and you would have cases of executioners being sent in to kill the executioner, because the executioner became a Christian in trying to in trying to you know cut off a Christian's head, um, you know there's the case of Saint Lawrence, you know uh, in 250 A.D. <laughs> you know they're barbecuing, they're grilling him alive, you know, and he, he's just got such joy that he's been found worthy of suffering for the the name Christian that he turns to one of the persecutors and says, you know, hey boys, you can turn me over, I'm done on this side, you know, when they're bar- they're barbecuing him, and and. The, they're struck to the heart. I mean, how could you not be struck to the heart with someone who's that good, you know? And and that's, I, I just hope that, you know, I, I don't pray that I, we don't face difficulty in life. I just pray that we we uh, we face it with, uh, with, with joy and with faith. Fabulous. Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jason, you know, even in the midst of the pandemic, you yourself as a father, as a priest, going about your priestly duties, uh, I know that uh, you make uh, hospital visits, a regular part of um, your, uh, your daily sa- sacrifice and work. Tell us, uh, you know, what's it like for you? Um, how has the church changed for you? Or maybe it hasn't changed much during the pandemic. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, John. Um, brutally honest. And, you know, the beginning of it, uh, the church didn't come out looking too good. Um, you know, a lot of the priests weren't allowed to go into the hospital. And, uh, um, you know, there, there was some reason for that. Um, there was, you know, we just didn't know, uh, you know, how, where this thing was going to go. But, sure. um, you know, the frontline workers, those who worked in the cafeterias and the hospitals, you know, the nurses, the doctors, uh, you know, they were there. They were there through the, you know, the, 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 those days of great uncertainty. Um, so I wish I could say that, you know, the church came out of, you know, the initial month of the of the pandemic um, looking really good. But um, it, it I, I don't think it did. Um, and uh, I, I wish I could say otherwise. But um, be that as it may, uh, I think, um, you know, we're all, all the priests are, and I see ministers and, and priests in the hospitals that I'm, I'm visiting and, uh, um, uh, you know, we're, we're making a difference now, but I, I just, I really wish that, uh, um, we, we would have been more aggressive at the beginning of, of this. Well, Father Jason, thank you for being with us. Before you leave, talk about Holy Trinity, um, what, when your church meets, what you guys are doing right now, anything that our listeners need to know. Well, we meet to uh, uh, continue the great tradition of giving God His honor and His due every single day, but especially on Sundays, 11 o'clock, uh, we worship Him, and we uh, uh, 
in that discover you know the meaning of our lives and uh that's that's just the the reason for our existence is to worship him so we uh you know we we recharge and we plug into the the electric outlet of our faith every uh every sunday at, at 11 o'clock uh at, yes. here in carnegie well jace always a pleasure thanks so much uh peace be with you brother thank you glory to god Father Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Take a quick break. Um, hey, I was reading uh, in the paper today about uh, Fox Chapel, of course, one of many school districts trying to figure this out, was in the Trib. They're saying they're giving students the opportunity to choose between two days in school mm-hmm. or stay home totally, one or the other. Two days per week in school. And the rest of the time on video or the rest of the time, you just, I'm not, I'm just going to be on Zoom. We'll talk about that and uh, school plans for you and your family next. Stick around. It's the ride home here on Word FM. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these 
these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Patchy clouds for tonight, low 67. Humid Thursday with clouds and sun. Watch for an afternoon shower or thunderstorm in spots, high 86. Cloudy, humid for Thursday night, low 67. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 87. And for Saturday, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. I was enjoying one of my favorite pastimes earlier today, which is scrolling through Facebook, not commenting, just scrolling. And I saw a, a friends of mine who posted photographs of his kids first day of school today. One child uh, who I don't know, I mean, I haven't seen my buddy probably for more than uh, almost a decade. One child uh, is in first grade. The other is in third grade. And there they were in their first day of school fineries looking absolutely terrified. And they're wearing little masks, the must-have accessory for back-to-school. God bless any of these kids who are ahead of back-to-school, especially the kids in elementary school, because they don't know what end is up. Now, Hey, John, are, you, are your friends in Pittsburgh? No, they're not. Uh-uh. He's in Delaware, of all places. So, I mean, what the heck? Can you imagine sending off your first grader, you know, no. with his own little mask and saying, I love you. I'll see you when you get home for your snack. I mean, it's, it's such a weird sanit- upside down. I'll have hand sanitizer waiting for you. Yeah, honey. with your brownies. <laughs> so sweet. I don't know. I don't know. Every school's making a different, um, yeah, you know, call. a different plan. You know, I live in the North Hill School District, and I have high praise for how they've handled this whole thing back yeah. in March. Um, I had a senior that graduated last year, and I thought they did the very best they could um, with what they had to work with at the end of last year. And, you know, now I look forward and I think everybody has to determine what the best thing is for their school district. So I appreciate all the administrators and superintendents and principals and whatever that are making this their top priority. But I, I guess my question is more for families today, which is, what do you think? I mean, as a mom or a dad, um, are you sending your kid to school, John? I guess that's the question I'm thinking. And how do you feel about it? Yeah. Okay. So are you sending your kid to school? Like I said, before the break, I saw a headline in today's trip that the Fox, Fox Chapel School District is giving students an option. You can go to regular school two days a week, or you can opt out totally and just do class online. I mean, that's an option, right? Um, I know people are going to go. I, I had a friend who his kid was in a, a, a school where they were going to meet. He said, I'm not going to let my kid go to that school. I'm going to pull him out of that. And he's going to just going to do online Zoom school at a, at a local public school. Okay. So what do you do? Look, I mean, Kath, you and I, uh, by the grace of God, our kids have now they're in college. And so, you know, you're making your own plans pretty much. That's a whole different thing. But especially if you've got kids kindergarten through, you know, seventh or eighth grade, there's got to be an extra added dose of fear. So what do you I think? I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I would, I, I'd be, would you be, if you had like a first grader, your little sweetie pie leaving for the full yeah. time. Yeah. That would be really terrible. Right. And I know that, you know, more suburban schools or schools, you know, further out in the country, they're more open to having five days a week and, and God bless you. Go for it. 
but only only the parents, you know, finally make that call. Of course, the administrators are going to guide whether schools should be open or not. And what's that like? I'm sure there's been lots of late night conversations between parents about what's best for their child under these weird particular circumstances. So we'd like to know what you're doing. Why don't you give us a call at 800-320-8255, If you've got a kid, a small child, and that child is headed out to school, whether today's the first day of school or next week or two weeks or after Labor Day, man, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, let us know that story about how you've come to the conclusion of what exactly it is you're doing, whether you're sending your child out to school or the child's going to stay at home and just do Zoom school for maybe another semester or another six weeks or nine weeks until people make another sort of step or make another adjustment into what might be the right thing to do. 800-320-8255. We should take a break? Yeah, I think we should take a break. Okay, we'll take a break. And uh, look, join us. Let the phone calls happen, and we'll come on the flip side and have a short conversation about this. Stick around. It's the Ride Home here on Word FM. W-O-R-D. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Take Your Marriage from Good to Great bundle with online marriage videos, audio sessions, and downloads of an ebook, a couple quiz, and a questionnaire. You'll also be entered to win Dinner for Two with Family Life Today's Dave and Ann Wilson and attend a live taping of the program. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com slash marriage. Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Uncle Tom was amazing, simply brilliant. Uncle Tom's the finest, most thought-provoking documentary I've ever seen. What an amazing movie. Every American needs to watch your film. It doesn't matter if you're left, right, or center. It's a great movie. It's just absolutely wonderful. An eye-opening masterpiece of the real history of America. I am blown away breathtaking. I sat here with tears rolling down my face through most of this movie. Thank you so very, very much for doing this. Uncle Tom is one of the most important documentaries of our time. I highly recommend everyone get it. I wish I could figure out a way to get everybody to watch it. Purchase now at UncleTom.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. I think that you may Save America with this movie. UncleTom.com. This is good news. Maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MetaShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MetaShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MetaShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. A typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by August 31st, and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
Some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more. Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit Crosswalk.com. I saw some um, road signs here just a a day or so ago that, uh, hey, drive a bus. Now's the time for back to school. So, you know, the bus companies are looking at, it seems a little late, but they're looking for people to go out and, you know, be a bus driver. What is that like? What's what's like to put your kid on a bus to go to school in the midst of this pandemic? I mean, for the bus driver himself, it's never, I can't imagine the chutzpah, what it is for a bus driver to be out there. Okay, but especially you're a parent and you're standing with your kid at the bus stop like you would do every other year. This time, though, your kids are wearing masks and you think, you know, there's always anxiety about being a parent with you sending your kids off to school. But this time there's like extra layers. So if you're a parent and you've sent your kid off to school or not, let us know what's going on with the conversation between you and your husband, you and your wife, and what that looks like at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. What are your plans to send your kid to school this year? Uh, go to the phones. Sounds good. Okay. Is this Mia? Uh, Mia, you're on the yes. uh, you're on the line with Kath and myself. Thanks for calling. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Real good. Good. What are your plans? Well, you know, right now I'm really just torn. I'm, you know, wanting to get back to work, wanting, you know, the kids to get back to school, but I want them to also be safe. And I'm just really feeling like, you know, everything is just rushed. And I don't want my children to feel like they're rushed and, like, you know, the pressure is on them to return just so that, you know, we can return back to our quote-unquote, life is normal and get back to work. And, you know, um, yeah. right now we're just in such a time that's just so, you know, you, you don't know what the right thing is to do, you know, because you, you think it's right and then it can be very wrong. And it can go really wrong really fast, just like when we reopen and, you know, those numbers start to, re, you know, spike back up pretty quickly and pretty high. And so, you know, I'm just afraid that, you know, all the kids being around each other and then going back home to their families, um, it's just going to be, you know, pretty easy to spread that and really fast. Right. Right. So, so Mia, have you I, made a decision yet about your kids? Well, I, I really prefer them to stay home at this point. That's okay. uh, where I'm at with it. I'm just really feeling as though my children don't, especially my ninth grader, she's, I mean, she's going into ninth grade. I mean, high school, you want to be in school, you want to be with your friends. But, sure. um, you know, I, I also have a first grader and a third grader. And, um, you know, it, so the struggle there uh, just with the difference. But I, I really feel strongly that keeping them home, at least to see how fall is going to look like, would be the best thing to do. And then, you know, kind of wait it out and see how that yeah, goes. That makes common sense. Yeah. Okay, so wait and see yeah. is your advice right now for yourself and your family. Thanks, me. Appreciate the phone call. 800-320-8255. What are your plans to send your kids to school this year? Are they going into school physically? Are they doing the Zoom thing? Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Brittany, you're with us now. Uh, thanks for joining us. What's your take this year? Hi, I'm Kathy. Hi. I'm so glad to be on here. Um, I do have two younger children. I have a kindergartner and a preschooler. And... 
I think it's just really important that they get socialization. Um, I feel like it's a, a very important thing. Actually, I've always been a hypochondriac about illnesses and sicknesses and it, like tracing it back to where it came from. So, <laughs> so it is, it was scary, but knowing now that the kids get it less, they contact it less, um, and the, all the precautionary measures that the teachers are putting into place to, you know, ensure their safety, all the cleaning, you know, the mask wearing, uh, yeah. the shield. I just, I really feel safe. I feel like it's going to be safer than ever. Um, my kids catch everything. Um, <laughs> so I, I know it's going to be safer. The surfaces will be cleaner. You know, kids won't be sneezing on each other like they used to. We got the flu really bad in February, and um, we're, we're safer now because we see how we got it, and we're just very cautious. But I do feel mm-hmm. safe sending my kids back to school. Well, that's really good, Brittany. I'm proud of you for being a hypochondriac and being able to do that because I know a lot of people who are germaphobes are really struggling, as you can imagine. Um, so, Brittany, do you, do you send your kids to a public school, a private school? Uh, yeah, I send them to a private school. And okay. we really struggled with, uh, with the Zoom classes. It's just we're not cut out for the at-home learning. You know? right. We're definitely not set up for that. And uh, my kids didn't want to do it. And it's really hard to make young children do that. They mm-hmm. really love school, passionately love being with their friends and their teachers. And in fact, my kids are biting at the bit to get back. <laughs> so we're definitely excited to send them back. Very good. And thanks right. enough a lot, Brittany. And uh, best Thank of luck. Uh, blessings to you and your family for this new school year. 800-320-8255. We're, we're curious about plans for the, you know, uh, this year. That's so weird. Uh, Let me tell you this, John. Um, I was looking at this article in CNN by uh, Sanjay Gupta, and I was surprised to see this thing. He said 63 of the 101 largest school districts in the country decided to start the year with virtual learning. 63 out of 101 starting the year with virtual learning. So that means that there are 40, you know, or 30 some that are sending kids back. Right. And those are public schools. So I would imagine, I think a lot of it, and I don't know, you know, the, the numbers of this, but uh, I would imagine a lot of this has to do with the, the voice of the teacher's union. I mean, if there's, te- if there's a teacher's mm-hmm. union in your school district, right, I think most teachers belong to a school, most teachers belong to the union, and they've got the sway as to, you know, whether they feel, the teachers feel safe in the schoolroom. I mean, you can imagine that, right? Every class, you've got 50 different kids or 40 different kids or whatnot. Uh, the odds are that sooner or later, teachers are going to get, you know, they're going to get this as well. I mean, I also saw a missive the other day from a school nurse who said, we've got a friend who's a school nurse and saying, hey, teachers, suck it up. This is what I do all the time. You know, I'm with these sick kids. So, you know, you got to do it as well. Yeah. Anyway. 800-320-8255. Okay, Mike, we got somebody. Who do we have? Ashley, welcome in. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Talk about what you're going to do with your kids. Um, I have a five-year-old, and this is going to be her first year going to preschool or to kindergarten. So um, I am, as of right now, it is virtual um, for the first five weeks. So, um, but I would prefer that they go back just because, you know, I agree that they need the socialization. Um, I also have two younger children that are two, and it's just going to be really hard to be able to you know, do the at-home learning while I'm also caring for my twins that are only two. Oh, wow! wow. Ashley, God bless you. I, I mean, can't imagine what kindergarten is going to be like over Zoom. Uh, yeah, it's 
I, it's going to be a challenge. I know it is. <laughs> either can the teachers. They can't imagine what kindergarten is yeah. going to be like over Zoom either. Yeah. Oh gosh, Ashley. Say, okay, so you know, do, well, I'm your even... kid. So your kids are starting um, virtually. Do they go to a public school or private school? Um, it's a public school. Okay. okay. Very good. Well, yes. Ashley, uh, blessings to you. It's a very difficult circumstance you find yourself in. I hope that uh, kids get back yes. to school sooner or later. But thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I don't know, Kath. Uh, you can you can hear the trepidation trepidation in people's voices, mm. can't you? Right. Okay. So back to this uh, this uh, CNN article. They're talking about what school what precautions schools are taking. Yeah. So they're saying mask mandate, plenty of hand hygiene stations physical distancing plans, frequent yeah. disinfecting of surfaces, and even outdoor classes when possible, students will eat lunch in the classroom and there won't be any mass gatherings or assemblies. Okay. All right. Now that sounds back. like the no fun zone, doesn't no, it? No, it sure doesn't. Like shut down all day long, right? I don't know. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Mike, uh, who's with us? Kim. Hey, Kim. Thanks for joining. Kath no, and Jim. I. Oh, Jim. Sorry, Jim. You there? Hi, John. Uh, yes. Hey. Uh, Thanks. Um, just, I'll be sending my child back. And I also had, as I know your kids were also through the, the swine flu. And um, it's just, it's unfortunate. We, we've, we just are not thinking, and we can't think anymore because we're in the middle of an election year. But if you go to the CDC site, you can see the deaths are, are all to the right. They're all to, the, the older population was the opposite of last time. We, we never shut the schools down in 2009 and over 2000 kids died at that, at that point, you know, five, just the, the CDC site right now, five to 14 years old, 23 kids in, in the nation from February 1st to, you know, August 8th. But, you know, that's not something that we want to discuss. We can't be rational anymore. It's very sad. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, we'll be sending our kids back and um, there are definitely measures that can be done, but mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just sad. We're, we're really not looking at this rationally. I don't, I don't think we have the ability to look at it rationally until after November, apparently. Jim, do you have your kids in a public school or a private school? Private. Private school. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so far you have, it's only what, 450, but you have the quote of the day. We can't think anymore. It's an election we year. Can. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Phone number I mean, is, it's true. is 800-320-8255. I mean, everything's become politicized. Everything, in, oh right? The breath in our lungs has all of a sudden become politicized. And, it's, uh, you know, we've got to take a stance on this somehow. Wackadoodle times. 800-320-8255. Okay, here's a question um, about testing, John. And I, I can't answer this. I don't know if you can answer this, but I don't know how easy it is to get a test. Um I was looking at articles today about some schools which are mandating that every student and faculty get a test the week before they go back to a school. COVID test, really? A COVID test before oh, that's the week before the and this is this is a public um like a school district, so elementary, junior, and high school. Right, so right. every single student, it doesn't say what state this is in, okay. um, but they said that the results were available um, within 96 hours. And okay. so for people who tested negative, obviously that gives you an extra sense of reassurance that the people who are going to be in school are the people that have tested negative as well. Right. All right. Okay. We got, we, we have time for one more call. Mike, who do we have? Tiffany, welcome in the ride home with John and Kathy. What are you doing with your kids? Hi, um, I think I'm on the other end of the spectrum here. (laughs) Seems like everybody's sending their kids back. I'm actually um, 
I, I enrolled my kids in cyber school for this year, and yeah. I have, like, a little bit of a different perspective, I guess. Um, my son has asthma, and I know this doesn't, uh, you know, like, affect kids the same way as it does adults, but I just, it's too scary to take the risk for me, so mm-hmm. I, I've actually put them in cyber school. So I just feel like they don't know enough about this yet and the, the yeah. long-term effects, and I'm just, you know, not not comfortable sending them yet. Better safe than sorry. How old are your kids? Um, I have a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old. Okay. And so this will be the first time that they've done cyber school? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, other than during, you know, the end of the year last year, you know, when everybody was doing it. But it is definitely difficult, and I think that it's it's definitely going to be different. And I do worry about the social aspect of it. But at the same time, I just think it's better safe than sorry at this point just because I think there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah. yeah, Tiffany, listen, don't feel badly about your no, perspective. No right you're, you're allowed to have an opinion, okay? So if you decide that you're going to keep your kids home, then you should keep your kids home. Yeah. And someone who All decides right. that they want to send their kids to school should be able to send their kids to school. So we appreciate you calling. Yeah, no right yeah, or wrong, because it's your kids, and right, you yeah. love your kids, so you and want your all, best for your kids. And, and Tiffany's right, there is a lot that's unknown. There's a tremendous amount that's unknown, and we're all trying to do the best we can. Right, exactly. Right. All right, uh, we need to take a take a break, step away. Um, I did see that what uh, the pit's doing, they're doing sort of like these random, like these random drug tests, like MLB would do, really? where they're, where they're selecting every day, you know, you all of a sudden get an email and you've got to report down to a place and self-administer a test for yourself. Isn't that weird? That's what Brian Braun said he was doing. Look what happened. <laughs> Let's take a break. I Step hate away. that guy. I just, yeah. I just. The incredible true story of renting a friend in Tokyo. That's next on the Rhino. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, can provide a warm, family-like environment with a help-at-home caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call Help at Home, 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. It's Ryan, and at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 
Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled the globe for evidence of some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. The results are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20 off. Make every day count with your media choices. Here's a tip from Bob Woloszewski of Plugged In Movie Reviews. I'm absolutely convinced that most of America is hardly proactive when it comes to entertainment. People make decisions based on popularity, uh, how it did at the box office, how the album did on billboard charts, how the TV show is rated. But I think when it comes to families who care, uh, we have to take a different tact. We have to say, what is actually good for our inner man? But as such, we need to be equipped with information to make those decisions. So I think that's where our website, uh, among others, comes in. Plugged In spells it out, whether it's video games, television shows, top charting music. Not go or don't go, but here's what's in a movie so families can make God-honoring choices. That's just a snapshot of what you can do to make every day count. Get more ideas online at facebook.com slash makeeveryday account from focus on the family years ago my nephew uh, lived in japan for a considerable uh, chunk of time more than several years but i remember uh, he he's telling me when he first arrived those first few months he he knew absolutely no one and how lonely he was you know he's working for a large corporation he really didn't know the language that well but he navigated through but I saw this article about him, about living in Japan, which was the experience that he had himself. And maybe this would have helped him because apparently in Tokyo, you can rent a friend, rent a friend. Now, um, the weird thing is, it's not like um, an escort or it's not like, you know, um, someone who's an assistant. You are actually renting the time of someone who lives in Tokyo. Um, for about $115 for two hours. That's the bare minimum. And the thing about it is it's just kind of like what you would do with a normal friend. You know, you go to a, um, a movie, you have some dinner, you sit and talk somewhere, you know, uh, out in the park. You just kind of get together, whatever it is friends do. And the person who wrote this article, I see this article in um, a publication called Afar, said that at first – because the you know the social thing between the Japanese person and the, the American person it was really kind of hard to navigate between that. 
But then over time, of course, you find a way to communicate. Now, there are, there are rules, two rules, no romance and no lending money, which is, you would think, excellent, right? I mean, because things could devolve very quickly uh, from one side or the other about, you know, their wants and their needs. So um, it, apparently it's a booming business. In this piece, it's saying um, uh, regularly each week, more than 150 friends are sent out to the different locales in and around Tokyo. Most of the people who are friending people are, of course, um, visiting Tokyo for a short amount of time. But like other people, you know, um, you're just trying to mix it up. I don't know. You would think, like, uh, would you do something like this if you traveled? Now, you know, it's probably different, I'm sure. Hopefully it is for a married person versus a single person. I don't think a married person would be going to go out and try to find, you know, a friend. wouldn't go over too well with your spouse. (laughs) But if, you know, you were just a a single person trying to find your way around a weird city, it, it might be a good thing to do. It might be. All right. Anyway, if you travel overseas, you can always buy a friend for the short term. Or just get an imaginary one. (laughs) We're going to talk in a few minutes. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former Vice President Joe Biden making his first appearance along with his newly chosen running mate Kamala Harris. The former primary rivals appearing together today at a high school near Biden's Delaware home. At the White House this afternoon, President Trump and Vice President Pence convened a roundtable discussion on reopening schools in the U.S. The White House has been a strong advocate of reopening schools. Critics say they're concerned about coronavirus transmission among children and school employees. Problems in Georgia dealing with a return to school. The largest school district struggled today to launch online learning for its 180,000 students, with parents complaining students could not log into the Gwinnett County system. Meanwhile, Cherokee County has quarantined more than 1,100 students after trying in-school learning, adding about 330 to yesterday's total. This is SRN News. Gold prices keep climbing and just hit an all-time high. COVID-19 and battered global economies are sending investors to the safe haven of physical gold to avoid losing value in their IRAs, 401ks, and stocks. Don't stand on the sidelines and wonder what the stock market is going to do next. Protect and grow your financial future today with a call to American Bullion, the leader in gold investments. You have valid concerns and we have simple solutions for all needs and budgets. In fact, we specialize in first-time gold buyers as well as veterans. Find out about American Bullion's hassle-free process to transfer any portion of your IRA, 401k, or stocks into the long-term safety of a gold IRA today. Call 800-GOLD-IRA and ask for our free gold guide. That's 800-465-3472. 800-GOLD-IRA. Grow your financial future with the rising value of physical gold and protect yourself during this worldwide crisis. Call the leader, American Bullion, 800 Gold IRA. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. 
and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsarouspittsburgh.com. That's windowsarouspittsburgh.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Patchy clouds for tonight, low 67. Humid Thursday with clouds and sun. Watch for an afternoon shower or thunderstorm in spots. High 86. Cloudy, humid for Thursday night, low 67. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. High 87. And for Saturday, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Another hot one, isn't it? Man, oh, yeah. Holy smokes. I don't know. I've been living in this air con- in this air conditioned room, and it feels good. Good for you. Yeah. I only come into this room when I'm ready for the show mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm afraid that I will become accustomed to it, and then the rest of my house that is unair conditioned, I won't right. want to be in. Right. Yeah. Sort of like your broadcast central room. Just come in there from between four and six, right? Listen, I, I'm getting some new windows. Yeah. In uh, in this room, and so the guy came to measure today. He walked into the spare room and he was like, what, what? the heck are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah. There's like wires everywhere. Yeah. I got like giant extension cords. Oh, I got yeah, lights. Yeah. I got the, it's like crazy. I'm doing live broadcast to Mars is what yeah, it looks exactly. like here. It, yeah, like. yeah. it is, you know, it is some weird, weirdly impressive in a way, but, not, but I don't then know it's if like it is impressive. It definitely is weird. It's weird. All right. Um, how about the 10 things? that are supposedly fun that we will perhaps never do the same way again. Oh, well, the, is this something yeah. that's going to make me really depressed or no, I don't think so. I mean, some All things right. are just kind of, you know, but you know, because of the, you know, where we are right now, I, I saw a, a little portion of this and I thought, really? Okay. One of the 10 things blowing out the candles on your birthday. Cake. Right. And even singing happy birthday in such close proximity. So, right. um, you know, 
Melissa, in this piece, uh, Melissa Nolan is an assistant professor of epidemiology at the University of South Carolina. She says it's best to take singing outside. Actually, um, it's always been disgusting to me, she says, the spit all over the cake, which I never really thought of. I never did either. Right? Um, the spit all over your it's cake. It's best That's- to take singing outside. Well, she's clearly do? not a fan of choral music. Well, she doesn't have little kids either, probably. Like, anything. you know, what? Everyone's going to like run Good outside, grief. sing, and then come back inside. Okay. How about this? Uh, th- I always thought this was gross, but I, I still continue to do it. Uh, jumping into the ball pit. Did that you do is that? gross. Listen, from the very start, you knew in your heart that that oh, was disgusting. Of course it was, right? I mean, there's a gigantic one. I think it was at Idlewild Park. A gigantic ball pit. It's so gross. Oh, man. You know people are rolling around on there. Yeah. So if the ball pit goes away, uh, you know you can't feel too, too bad about it. Uh, this is for, for women. Uh, did you ever do this, Kath? Get a quick uh, after work makeover? They're saying, you know, you can go to Sephora oh, or right. Ulta sure, or sure. the department I, stores. Yes, uh-huh. And, you know, they, there they are with the brushes and whatnot. Right. They're saying the uh, makeup manufacturers are now going to be using single-use brushes. So everybody gets so, their So, so much fresh for brush. us being green and caring for the planet, right? Oh, no, that's gone. No, that, that's <laughs> gone. That's, that used to be, we used to be able to virtue signal about that, but yep. no longer. How about whenever you were, you know... Uh, out, out running around and bar hopping. And I know you did a lot of that oh, as, yeah. as a young adult. When you go into a bar or a club and the music would be, you know, vibrating and you try to carry on a conversation with someone. Oh, you're screaming over yeah, the music. Standing next to someone going, how are you? I mean, they're saying the whole bar scene somehow, and this, I don't believe this is going to change. They're saying in this, in this piece, the bar scene needs to change. So what are they going to do? They're going to be playing soft music. They'll be playing Yanni. Okay, that so is can... the, okay. Out of all these things, that's the most ridiculous. Yeah, like, are you gonna... kidding me that yeah. the bar scene is going to change? No, no. Get here's, out of this, here. this is on top of that. How about plunging a handful of straws into a giant party cocktail? I've never done that. What? Okay, so apparently, well, they're showing like you know these gigantic bowls of uh, you know alcohol fueled punch. It looks like, and you know, there's ten straws that you know. Eh, let's all let's all share the same drink. They're saying you can never do that again. Okay, um, I want you to know that I've never done that in my whole life. How about poker night? Poker night apparently is going to change. Um, and board game night, whether you're getting together to play Monopoly or whatnot, those close quarters for some people, I can't imagine. That. Guys are going to get together and still play poker, right? Oh, wait, so they're saying that what? We're going to have to like play Monopoly differently because we're all going to have to sit further apart? You might want to sit further apart. Dealing and shuffling cards or leaning over a board to manipulate tiles or cards or dice may be risky. Uh, they suggest, oh my suggest playing games that do not require contact oh. with other players. Maybe you'd want to play, play charades. <laughs> Invite your buddies over. Guys, the weekly poker game has now been suspended. We're going to play charades instead. I'm sure you get a lot of private hand signals back to you. Yeah, I have a <laughs> feeling that the people who play poker and charades have different personality types. I agree, yeah. Okay, how about this? Passing the microphone at karaoke. Mm-hmm. For all those karaoke lovers, yeah. our good friend there, classic Mike, he himself, king of karaoke. Right. So now the karaoke bars are going to change. You're going to what? You have to bring your own microphone. Well, there's not. There can't be a karaoke bar since no one's even allowed to sing in public right now. Forget well, with know, a microphone. When Doesn't we go matter. Back, right. So karaoke will change forever. Uh, how about this? I hate karaoke so much. Yeah, me too. I just hate it. <laughs> I just hate it. Do you have like? Do you have a favorite karaoke song? No. 
I, I have mean, no, I have never a single time done it in my whole life. Never. I've done it. I did it once and that was more than enough. Okay. How about you know, this? You know who hates karaoke? I will tell you, this is just a parenthetical statement. The people who hate karaoke are the people who actually have to perform in their life. <laughs> right. So considering we have to perform every day, the thought of doing that for karaoke. like sport is so, oh, it's just no, so it's awful. Really oh my gosh. Okay. Have you done this in your life? Uh, shopping aimlessly? Have you just done that? I'm going to go to the mall and just kind of wander around. They're saying sure, that I've that sort of shopping, aimlessly. that's going to go away. The days of mindlessly wandering the mall were already on the way out. Coronavirus could be the nail in the coffin for serendipitous retail therapy. Uh, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't buy that. I think that you're far, you're far enough apart when you're shopping. You I mean, wander. I haven't been to the mall since this all happened. So I'm not saying that I'm doing it, but I'm just yeah. saying over time, like long-term, I don't see that changing. Okay. Okay. How about um, shaking hands, hugging yes. a friend, kissing on the cheek. That okay. may, uh, that may go away itself. Although they did say that of the three uh, between shaking hands, hugging a friend and kissing on the cheek, that hugging is the least um, contact because most people, they turn away from each right. other as mm-hmm. they hug. So listen, I can see shaking hands changing. In fact, I've seen that, you know, people do the elbow thing yeah, or whatever. Thing, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but th- this is interesting that you bring this up. I have noticed that hugging is much harder to stop than handshaking. Well, especially because, you know, when we're, when you haven't seen anybody for a long time, I get a, come here, come on, give me a hug. Right. Don't you think that? I mean, I've noticed a lot, like people do not shake hands right now, No. but when you, people still hug, it's, there's something about that, that I think people Mm -hmm. want to do more than they want to shake their hands. I could be wrong, but in my observation, I've seen that. Do you do the kissing on the cheek? Who does the kissing on the cheek? cheek. Neither have I. What am I? Like from, you know, what Lithuania or someplace like that? Or I'm like from Paris. Yeah. Kiss, cheek, cheek, kiss, kiss. I don't think so. Every time I see new Mike, that's how he greets me. Yeah. Hey, you're right. He's very <laughs> European. That's how they do it in Newcastle. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, that started at Chuck Tanner's restaurant, I believe. Did it? And, yeah. He did that all the time. Chuck was a big proponent of kissing on the cheek. Yeah, yeah. Him and Barry Bonds kissed each other on the cheek often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right before he tested positive. Right. Exactly. Anyway, that's the things you're not going to do in the future. More, more good news. All right. Well, on the, the, number, the number one thing I'm not sad about is missing karaoke. And close on that tail is the uh, ball pit. <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised one thing that was not on the list, though, hmm. that I would like to see at the top of the list, even hmm. ahead of karaoke, water park. Hmm. Oh, Can we park all just, yeah. no, no. no, no. Can we chlorine. all just. No, no, no. Can we all just decide that's no, no. over? That's the chlorine pool. thing. You're good to go. No, it is the, disgusting. No. I'll see your water park and raise you the indoor water park. Indoor water park, even oh, worse. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's February. I need to go to a water park somewhere. You know, I'm going to drive up to Erie. Oh, and, my gosh. Don't anyway. make me do it. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about worship leading for people who are worship leaders, but also for people who are congregants and um, and follow a worship leader. That's the kind of uh, liturgy that you're used to. We're going to talk to Jordan Abina next about what it means to be sacrificial in that role and what it can teach all of us who attend church and who worship our holy God. So please stay with us. It is the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home, and my power is back on. Yeah. Yippee. Be back in a minute. One hundred one point five. 
W-O-R-D. 30 million children in the U.S. rely on school for food. And with schools and summer camp programs shut down due to the pandemic, the need is both great and immediate. Join Word FM as we team up with Save the Children to meet the needs of children not only around the world, but right here at home. A $100 gift right now can help us keep kids healthy and learning throughout the COVID-19 outbreak. Make the greatest difference at a crucial time for kids now by going to wordfm.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. Gold prices keep climbing and just hit an all-time high. COVID-19 and battered global economies are sending investors to the safe haven of physical gold to avoid losing value in their IRAs, 401ks, and stocks. Don't stand on the sidelines and wonder what the stock market is going to do next. Protect and grow your financial future today with a call to American Bullion, the leader in gold investments. You have valid concerns and we have simple solutions for all needs and budgets. In fact, we specialize in first-time gold buyers as well as veterans. Find out about American Bullion's hassle-free process to transfer any portion of your IRA, 401k or stocks into the long-term safety of a gold IRA today. Call 800-GOLD-IRA and ask for our free gold guide. That's 800-465-3472. 800-GOLD Gold IRA. Grow your financial future with the rising value of physical gold and protect yourself during this worldwide crisis. Call the leader, American Bullion, 800 Gold IRA. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like the Vacnado 2000. A Wi Fi connected vacuum that uploads Dust Bunny data to the cloud for real time optimization. <laughs> Whatever that means. But really, it's just a very expensive doggy chew toy. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Remember the days when you used to go to church? Remember that? Yeah, I remember those good right. old days. And, you know, for, for a lot of us, there was, um, of course, your pastor you'd see every week. But always central to the worship experience is the worship leader, Right. Uh, it's a very, Kathy, you know, you can speak to this because you've been a worship leader. It's a very delicate uh, position to be in because, you know, you're not the pastor, but you also are in charge of engaging people, uh, you know, where they are to talk about Jesus and, and really to sing about Jesus. And of course, you know, you've got a band behind you that you're in charge of as well. It's, it's I'm sure, <laughs> a dicey deal to get up there every Sunday. Listen, when I was, uh, I went back to work for the first time last Sunday I got up in front of the church and I thought, wait, I don't remember how to do this. Really? really? I did. I thought it was I like did. riding a bike. 
No, I Nobody actually that. thought being a worship leader is like riding a bike. I don't remember how to do this anyway. Well, we're going to talk to someone who hopefully does remember how to do it. Yeah. Jordan Abina is with us. He's a pastor who lives in California with his wife and three kids. He has a new book out called Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader. Jordan, welcome in. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay, Jordan. So um, first off, how long have you been a worship leader? Uh, I've been leading worship since I was about 18 years old, you know, oh. and so I've been I've been in it, you know, and I've been probably full-time vocational worship leader for the last 10 years or so. Okay. Um, And what have you been doing in this COVID era? Have you been doing stuff online? Have you been meeting in person with your flock? What's, what's your situation? Uh, Well, in California, it's been a little bit like riding a roller coaster. So at first, you know, we had actually set out to buy some equipment for our church to be able to do live stream even prior to COVID. We had just honestly, like just pulled that trigger in February, which we felt like was the favor of the Lord because we've been really leaning into it. But for a while there, we were trying to have service. We would have service. You'd have to register to come, certain amount of people, certain amount of space between people. Then you had to wear masks. Then we couldn't sing in church. So that was weird. And so at this point, we are all online on Sundays, but we've been having outdoor worship nights and we'll have an outdoor service, I think, on August 30th here coming up. I see. Okay. So, Jordan, uh, take a minute and describe exactly what a worship leader is tasked with. I mean, I, there, there are many people who are listening right now who do not belong to, you know, uh, denominations where worship leaders are there. They're used to, you know, mm-hmm. priests or pastors mm-hmm. or they're Quakers or whatnot. So describe, yeah. you know, what what exactly it is that you do and what you're tasked with. Well, I think it's, it's it, it may, I, I know it varies from church to church, worship leader to worship leader, but I would say, for sure, you're tasked with uh, leading people through music into a space where they can connect with God through song, through prayer, you know, singing the scriptures or songs that we write. And then that's kind of what's happening on a Sunday. But then also you have a team of people, you know, so you're cultivating that team. You're, you're, you're potentially building services, um, meaning like what we experience on a Sunday. And, uh, and I'm sure, and I know if you've, if you've if anybody's ever worked at a church, you do a bunch of other random stuff that probably has nothing to do with maybe being a worship leader. But, you know, it's about leading people into God's presence and leading people to a place, hopefully, where they can engage and reflect and meet with the Lord. I would say that's probably the biggest part of what we do. And then there's the scheduling and the song choices and all those fun things. I see. Jordan, talk about why you decided to title your new book, Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the the number one question I get. Well, I think it's important to say that it's not thoughts of a, of a dying worship leader. Uh, it really came from a season in life where I was, I was struggling there about a few years ago, just going up on the platform, getting up on the microphone and maybe not seeing a response from people, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm up there singing, I'm, man, I'm here because I want to meet with the Lord and I'm sure hoping that others do too. And then I don't know, I'm just, I see some faces that maybe look like, they thought they were going to a movie and they accidentally walked into a church and they're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know? And wow. I was just, I was just dealing with that. And, uh, in one morning in my quiet time with the Lord, I came across second Chronicles 20 and it really changed my life. I'd read that many times before, but that story is about where, uh, there's about three armies coming against God's people and King Jehoshaphat, uh, after they get a word from the Lord, God says, listen, I want you to go take your position and I'm, you're not going to have to fight. I'm going to win this battle for you. And as they go and they take their position the next day, it just jumped off the page to me that um, the king puts all of the musicians and the singers at the front. And I felt like the Lord 
spoke to me through that saying, Jordan, this is how I want you to go and lead worship. I don't want you to concern yourself with our people engaging with me or, or, or their lives being changed. That work is up for me to do. But what I need you to go do is take your position and do what I've called you to do and be obedient to that. And so the title, Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader, came from the idea of maybe some of those men and women in Seven Chronicles 20 weren't sure if they were going to be coming back. Maybe it was a one-way trip where they just knew they were going to go lead worship. They knew they were going to win, but they weren't sure how. And so from that day, I felt like God was saying, you know, Jordan, lead yourself and maybe your team to lead worship on these mornings or evenings like it's a one-way trip. Like maybe it's the last time you're ever going to do it. And the whole idea behind the title is maybe it was you, me, and and another person, musicians, and we're walking towards the front line. And maybe these would be some of the things that we would talk about, our stories, our moments with God. Those are kind of the chapters of this book. That's mm. fabulous. The new so, book is called Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader. We're talking to author Jordan Abina. So, Jordan, I, I mean, I'm not a worship leader, but, you know, uh-huh. when you see someone who's engaged as a worship leader, I appreciate the skill. And it is a very delicate thing. So, yeah. Uh, for people again, you know, um, outside the bubble, it's not, it's one part performance, but it goes right. beyond performance. Isn't it? Doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we're not in the concert business, you know, and, uh, no matter how good the music is on whatever church and that's a subjective, you know, to one person, that's good music to the next person. It's not, but for the worship leader, <clears throat> we're trying to always find the balance of, okay, can we do things as excellent as possible without becoming, thinking we're professionals? And then we also are, are actually shepherding people, you know, and hoping that we can produce an environment that's both genuine and integrous, but also maybe that somebody might think, wow, this is kind of nice. This is, this is cool. And so the, there's this fine line that we're walking, which I think the only way to get there is with the Lord you know, where we want to put together something that makes a really a dynamic experience, but not something that where people might say, I have to be in this type of experience to meet with the Lord. One of the convictions I've had over this COVID thing is I'm still a worship leader, right? And I heard you saying even prior, going back to church, like, how do I do this? You know, Hmm. I've felt that too. So you're not the only person. Uh, But at the same time, I've felt, you know, if I am a worship leader, then how am I leading worship even now? And have I established and have I taught people enough that worship comes wherever we're at? You know, and, you know, the hot topic in California right now is let us worship, right? Like, because the governor has said maybe you can't sing, but worship goes beyond singing. And so for a worship leader, I think the journey is creating a place for people to come and worship comfortably, but also be challenged and convicted and, and seek after the Lord. And so... In the book, I talk about sometimes I'm up there playing and even singing a song and thinking about and praying about, God, are you are you in this? Are you with us right now? Are you moving? And two things happening at once. It's it's a beautiful and sometimes strange thing, but um, glad to be a part of it. New book is called Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader. Jordan Abina is with us. Um, Jordan, I, I've been a worship leader for a long time, and um, awesome. I think it's probably similar to being a pastor. Um, the, the thing I've struggled with the most is that there are so many rudimentary things that have to happen 
um, yeah. to pull it off, you know, things like, you know, what key you're singing in or, you know, yeah. how you're going to transition from this song to that song or what scripture passage you're going to use or your, the fact that right. I can tell you yeah. how many Saturday nights my guitar player's gotten sick or my piano player's gotten <laughs> sick and you're, so you're oh, subbing oh, people yeah. in and you're in that person you realize has never, <laughs> has never practiced the songs you're doing the next day. And so they're going to like, how are they going to be able to fill anyway, all those rudimentary right. things. It's hard sometimes to make it meaningful when yeah. it's time to step up there because there have been so many details up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and you have a brother over here who resonates with all those things. You know, it, it's all fun and games until the drummer says they can't come tomorrow, you know, right. and then what do you do? And, you know, I, you know, that's a part of it too. And that's a part of what I was feeling as I wrote this book, like, God, am I doing this in the way that you see it? Because I feel like I'm working really hard. And like you said, our, getting the sound right, picking the right keys. And, you know, I didn't want to fall into a, a practice where I knew the right songs at the right moment, at the right time to get the certain type of response. And I felt like maybe I was slipping into that temptation. You know what I'm talking about. If, if you're a part of a church, you know what songs your church loves. Right. And yeah. you know maybe potentially how to package them in such a way where people might say at the end of service, wow, like that was awesome. And it probably was awesome. But at the same time, little do they know that you are at your computer on Tuesday going this song here, this song there. And so, while you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the important part would be, God, I, I really, truly believe that you're at work here, even even in the people that look like they hate this place, you know. And then we don't know the full story about the people who love music more than they love Jesus, you know. And so all we can do, I think, is be obedient and work really hard at um, seeking the face of the Lord for ourselves. So by the time we go up there, we're ready to empty it out. And I, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure that that's really what I was doing. I think probably like you were saying, I was like a little bit more concerned about the details and the minutia of the stuff. And I feel like the Lord maybe brought me to second Chronicles 20 and says, Jordan, there's mm-hmm. more to this. There's deeper. Yeah. There, 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 there's more here that you could see and be a part of. And in the book, I talk about sometimes being on the front lines with God feels scary and difficult, but, Anytime with the Lord by faith, when you're on the front lines, it'll turn into the front row to be able to see what God is doing. And, you know, I, don't, I can't speak for every church, but I know a lot of churches open up with music. We're kind of the, the break the ice of service, and we're the first, sometimes first people to say hello. And then I really believe that, you know, for some people, they, church is really their spiritual spot, you know, and one of the gifts, I think, which you can see it as a blessing or a curse. And I've, I feel like the Lord help me see it as a blessing. And some people, their hearts come in and they're frozen. They've had a long six days since the last time they saw you. Work's been tough. Family life's been tough. Bible reading has maybe gotten away from them and they feel distant. And a worship leader has the opportunity to thaw that out by singing prayers and scriptures that by the time maybe they open up the word with the pastor, that they may be more open to hearing what God wants to do. You know, things like that, I think are a real privilege. That's powerful. I mean, amen to that. We need that now more than ever, Jordan. I'm sure you, both right. you and Kath can attest to that. Hey, yeah. uh, listen, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate the uh, conversation. You sort of peeled the curtain back and allowed us uh, to peek behind the scenes. So I really yeah. appreciate that. Thoughts of a dying worship leader, Jordan Abina. Of course, you can find that uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, Thoughts of a dying worship leader. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, you want to talk a little football, Kath? <laughs> 
Uh, well, okay, I'll talk whatever football there is to talk. Yeah, very little football, but we'll talk about that next. Steelers, uh, nobody in the stands at Heinz Field this year. There might not even be any players in the field. Stick around for that conversation. It's an unwritten rule of motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. As a mother of two, let me encourage you, mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412-833-1314. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We are, of course, living in uncharted territory. Now, if you have kids who are in college or are about to be, This also is a layer of uncertainty and perhaps deep disappointment. We've got a child who is in a state university. It looks like as though they're going to be Zooming classes. But Grove City College is committed to opening schools this fall and having students to come back. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but Grove City will be open for business this year. Listen, John, I can't tell you how pleased I've been with the amount of communication that we've gotten from the school, just about how they're making decisions and where they are at this time and just recognizing the, you know, the variabilities of where we are right now in America. But I think at moments like this, when there is so much uncertainty, the thing I keep falling back on is the importance of hanging with people I can trust, people who've already established their reliability before this COVID emergency, so that going forward, I can say, okay, I know these people, and I trust that they're going to make a good decision. I agree with that. So if you're looking for a school that has a strong biblical backbone with believers who are there and an excellent educational initiative, it's Grove City College. Look online at Grove City College, gcc.edu. Grove City College opens this fall. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Patchy clouds for tonight, low 67. Humid Thursday with clouds and sun. Watch for an afternoon shower or thunderstorm in spots, high 86. Cloudy, humid for Thursday night, low 67. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 87. And for Saturday, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. All right. Well, uh, training camp for the Steelers is underway. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's been um, 
no pads being worn by the players. But that's going to change tomorrow. But it's still unclear exactly what the NFL regular season is going to look like. But it does sound as if there will be no fans in attendance when the Pittsburgh Steelers play at Heinz Field. And now initially the team had allowed a limited number of tickets to be sold, which would have allowed, of course, a limited number of fans to see games. But according to some, money was refunded to fans Tuesday, pointing to games being played in empty stadiums. This could only pertain to single-game tickets and not the season ticket holders, so we'll have to wait for further confirmation from the team or the NFL. But uh, it looks as though, at least here in Heinz Field, uh, no fans are going to be around. Now, uh, I saw an article in in, uh, USA Today. This was from July 23rd, so it could be ancient history. The Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, season tickets are sold, and individual game tickets are going to be available. The Falcons had agreed to allow between ten and 20,000 fans into their Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So they had to nope. cancel that. Nope. Uh, the Ravens, no more than 14,000 fans. Nope. Uh, the Detroit Lions, are in, uh, they were re- anticipating a reduced capacity. But across the league, it feels as though they've said, okay, um, we're not going to even try to risk it. We're just going to shut it down. So is it going to be like, you know, Major League Ball games? I weird that would be. Is it going to be piped in noise? I guess so. They're going to have to do piped in noise because otherwise it's just too weird. And you're going to hear all, I mean, the main reason they're piping in noise is because you don't want to hear the horrible language that's used by (laughs) players and coaches. Yeah, that's it, right? Have you you been reading about that? No, uh, I have not. Oh, yeah. It's become a, you know, point of contention. And between uh, those who do and those who don't uh, pepper their play with salty language. Right. And apparently it's been bleeding out into live broadcasts as well. Well, I hope none of you are surprised that, you know, the athletes that you're watching use bad language. <laughs> really? I mean, if you are surprised, I'm right. sorry that this is the moment that you're figuring it out. <laughs> right. All right. Speaking of bad language, John, um, I was looking at the Major League Baseball standings today. And, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> how's that? How's that working for you? Well, it's a really grim picture. I will tell you, in case you don't know, that Mm. the Pittsburgh Pirates, our hometown team, have the worst record in baseball. What? That's shocking. I know. It it is such a surprise. But but maybe will you be surprised when I tell you that they have by far the worst record in baseball. So our winning percentage, and by our, I am identifying with this awful team, is 188. What? A winning percentage of 188. 188. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, the closest team to that um, is the Boston Red Sox, but they're not very close because they're at 353. Oh, okay. Almost double. The okay. So are. they have almost double mm-hmm. our wins. We're at 188. So we've played, I believe, 17 games so far. We've won two, lost 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is it's only a 60 game season. So this embarrassment of a team, um, look, uh, Michael it's kind Keaton, of like when you have a child and you're in, you're in uh, Lama's class and they say, the good thing is, you know, your labor's going to end, right? <laughs> so however much pain you're in, it no, won't no. last forever. That's how we're looking at this baseball season, uh, no. except no happy baby at that. Look, I, I, not that long ago, we lived through 20 consecutive losing seasons. Then not there was great rejoicing. Not at 188. Does John. it matter? Yes, it does no. matter. Yeah, no. it matters. It actually losing matters. Losing is losing. I mean, no. if you want to lose bad, that's fine. No, no. But still. Last year, for the first half of the season, we had a terrific 
team. Mm-hmm. Now it was the winning percentage wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. We were mm-hmm. hovering around 500, a little underneath 500, but it was yeah. still a great team to watch. Now the second half of the year totally fell apart, right. but I'm just saying, okay, so let's look at the, you, you want to look at the best averages and base winning percentages in baseball? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, it looks like uh, Chicago Cubs, Cubbies. are at the top. No surprise. Yeah, they're uh, they've got a uh, percent winning percentage of seven eighty six. Mm-hmm. That's very fun. It's a fun Those, baseball town. Yeah, so right? seven eighty six for the Cubbies and one eighty eight for the for us. Okay, so Hollywood luminaries, Batman himself, Michael Keaton has chimed in on Twitter. He uh, tweeted the other day. You're either rebuilding or you're not. Either do it or don't. Not that complicated. Commit to something. Anything. Commit to something. They're committed to taking a profit and having the worst baseball across the country. That's what they're committed to. I mean, really, everyone's savior in all this is sell the team. Will the Nutting family just sell the team to Mark Cuban? And he, the billionaire, will pump all the necessary money in to bring some sort of vestige of normalcy and perhaps a winning team back to Pittsburgh. But that's not going to happen because the Nutting family is committed to just, just being a profit maker. That's all they are. How about when Musgrove got hurt? I mean, I laughed, not because there was anything funny about it or the fact that I was glad for him. I just laughed ruefully that, of course, he's hurt because that's all we whoever whoever plays remotely well, remotely well at any time will for sure be on the verge of a major injury. Right. And of course, you know, you know, we just went through the Major League Baseball draft. And, you know, can you imagine being that 18 year old stud and thinking, oh, I just got drafted by the Pirates. Oh, no. Right? I mean, we're you'd like, be glad you'd be drafted by anybody if you were. You in would that. be, but you know, you'd want to hopefully go to the Cubs, not to the Pirates. No kidding. Anyway. All right. Coming up next. Uh, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. You may have heard that. Was it your mom telling you that? No, it's at, well, maybe yes, but it actually is from the Holy Scriptures. We're going to talk to Car- Carl Vader's next about how we could all take a little lesson from that. That's next on this edition, Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Certainly life can be difficult, even tragic. Perhaps you're in a situation right now that makes you wonder, what good could ever come of this? And yet, even in the hardest circumstances, it is possible to be content, even joyful. How is that possible? Find out this week as John MacArthur continues his series titled Joy Rules on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. You know what you could do? You could completely rid of all the grass in your backyard and turn it into a gigantic neon green trampoline park. Or you could turn all the walls in your home office into a massive vending machine display where only you know the special code and only Rolos and Fritos pop out. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And one thing we're seeing from hundreds of families across the country is the cash out refinance. Home values have gone up significantly the last few years, leaving many families with the ability to cash out the equity in their home to use for life. Usually it's for normal things like paying off credit card debt or doing home upgrades. But it could be for a vending machine room. Just saying. If you're curious of your options, we'd love to help. We are United Faith Mortgage. See our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. Wahoo! United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary. 
but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, For God and Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. For God and Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. It's fairly safe to say that we are living in very dark and dangerous times that at any time of the day or night, you can take uh, the device out of your pocket, go onto Twitter and engage in deep and rancorous conversations with people that you are diametrically opposed to. Some people do it just as a matter of sport. Other people do it as a means of uh, what? some uh, intellectual exercise Maybe. or something that they have to put their flag on top of the hill. But these are very, very weird times. And if you're that kind of a p- person who likes to engage and likes to do it angrily, man, this must be heaven for you. Well, Carl Vaders is with us. Carl's founder of newsmallchurch.com, a ministry that encourages, connects, equips, innovative small church pastors. Carl Vader, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? All very well. Good to be with you again. Yeah, it's always good. So, Carl, I'm following you, uh, the aforementioned Twitter, and for many, many a day, uh, you have been tweeting 2 Timothy 2.23. Tell us the verse and tell us what you're doing. Yeah, I'm on day 564 right now, so it's a little over a year and a half, and 2 Timothy 2.23 is this verse. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. So for 564 days and counting, I have done nothing. I, I put that verse on with no commentary, just a day counter, and the responses have been uh, amazing and overwhelming over the last year and a half. Now, Carl, not only is that a terrific thing to do, and I appreciate your consistency, but you must be so much of a happier person because of that. <laughs> it's amazing when, when, what applying God's Word to your life will actually do for your mental state. Yeah, uh, that's very, very true. It, yeah. it, it's been interesting because I put it up every day, and then, you know, because I'm on Twitter and on Facebook and just in conversations with people, there always seems to be at least one challenge to that verse coming up about every day. And so I have to pause and go, okay, I'm the one putting it up there. I need to ask myself, is this a foolish or stupid argument? And if so, then I, the Scripture tells me not to engage in it because all it's going to do is produce a quarrel. So it has. It's really lowered my own temperature, and it has kept me out of some rooms and some places that I, I am better off not going to. 
I bet. Okay, so when people challenge the verse, they challenge it why, how, because of what? Yeah, I, th- the main thing tends to be something like, well, what about, and then they bring up a particular subject. And my response to that, if I choose to respond to it, because according to that verse, you don't have to choose to respond to everything. Uh, but if it's not a foolish or stupid argument, if they're actually raising a question that they are seriously concerned about, my, my typical response to that is, uh, yeah, if that's an important issue to you, then it's not a foolish or stupid thing. And no, it's not wrong to stand up for what you believe. That verse is not saying don't stand up for what you believe. The verse is very specific don't engage or in foolish or stupid arguments. It's not saying don't engage in an argument. Jesus engaged in arguments, but they were never foolish and stupid ones. In fact, Jesus was genius at having somebody come along trying to troll him, trying to trap him, and then he shifted the argument from the surface thing to the deeper thing and brought about something that they never expected. So Jesus was our best example at avoiding the foolish and stupid, but getting actually to the heart of the matter instead. Carl Vaders is with us, founder of NewSmallChurch.com, a ministry that encourages, connects, and equips innovative small church pastors. Carl, talk about this Twitter experiment from the positive. Have people responded in that way? And if so, how? They have uh, so many different responses that I've received over the last year and a half. Just today, for instance, I had a friend of mine who responded and said that she uh, she was talking with a friend of hers who was getting discouraged about all of the, the back and the forth and all of the challenges that everybody, that Christians, the arguments Christians were having. And she said, I pointed her to your Twitter verse. And she said, she said it immediately brought health and brightness to her soul again. Mm. So it was just, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see that playing out. Many people who have said, I was going to engage in an argument, and then I just remembered that I liked your tweet. <laughs> and so now I had to honor in my actions what I had said by liking that tweet, and I have been able to separate myself from going down rabbit holes of contention that simply are not good for my spirit or for my emotions. Mm, that's good. So I, I think that maybe uh, you would have a product line available, whether it's in bumper stickers, mugs, or T-shirts. Uh, that verse needs to be uh, amplified across the world. And especially, you know, for believers and non-believers alike, we should all be part of that, Carl. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's one of those verses uh, that came out, came out of nowhere for me. We were actually doing a two-sermon series about a year and a half ago on First and Second Timothy. We were calling them Tim Talks. And um, as we got to that verse, it just, somebody else actually commented, boy, that's a good verse for social media. And I thought, you know, that really is a good verse for social media, so I'll put it out there. So now that you brought it up, though, maybe we'll make that up on T-shirts and mugs. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad idea. Can you imagine good. walking into a place with a T-shirt that basically tells everybody, don't get me started in a stupid argument because I'm just not going to engage. Well, listen, Carl, after the two hours I spent on Twitter this morning, I think I'm going to rent an airplane with that message on the back of it and troll it across the Pittsburgh area. Or Carl Vader's tattoo shop, right, Right. available now. (laughs) There we go. All right, Carl, talk about the challenges right now that you're seeing in uh, in small churches in America. These are fearful times. You know, if there's not a lot of money in the bank, if there's a, a congregation that's not committed, um, these are times that seem dire. Uh, what are you hearing? 
It's been an interesting uh, process over the last three to four months because I spend so much time uh, in small church circles and talking to other small church pastors. I've noticed an interesting shift, and it actually goes back to the topic of conversation for this verse. At the very beginning, uh, the, the small church challenge was technical. We had to figure out how to get online. Some small churches that had never done an online service before, all of a sudden the pastor is trapped in their home and is trying to figure out how to put out a service online using their smartphone. And so I answered a whole lot of technical questions over the first month or two, just trying to help everybody communicate. But lately, the conversation I'm having with small church pastors isn't technical anymore. It's shifted almost entirely to the subject of the verse we've been talking about, which is, what do I do about the divisiveness that is now happening, not just on Twitter, not just on Facebook, not just in the church as a whole, but within my congregation over, over issues that I never thought we'd have an argument over? I, I, I didn't think we'd have, I thought the racial argument was done, and we're having arguments over racism, we're having arguments over face masks. Nobody prepared us in seminary how to negotiate an argument over whether or not to wear face masks or whether or not to open the schools. And so the biggest challenge right now is that, and I believe that there is no greater enemy of the Church of Jesus right now than the enemy who wants to divide us and separate us on issues that, while important, are not the main and most important thing, which is the mission that God gave us to love God, love others, and to make disciples. Everything else is that diversion from that. That's the most important thing. We've got to come back to that over and over and over again. That's good. And Carl, I mean, I'm really glad to hear that because this is something that Kath and I struggle with on air as we produce the show every day. I mean, you know, because we feel it with the guests we bring on and the comments we receive on social media or not. So I wonder, you know, for you, is there in some way an essential third rail that, you know, when all that rancor surrounds you, all that vitriol, what do you go back to? I mean, you know, just as, you know, there it is, Second Timothy 2.23, is there something that brings you back that this is a crystal clear uh, rebuke or necessity to think about, pray about, be part of? Yes, and it goes back to basically when Jesus was asked something very close to the question you just asked me. The way it was phrased to Jesus was, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? what's the thing when everything else is getting in my way? What's the thing I should really look at? And Jesus did not evade that question because that was not a foolish or stupid argument he was being baited into. That was the essential question. And he answered it very, very clearly. And he liked the question so much, he gave him a bonus answer. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, there's a second commandment, and it's really similar to the first. It's love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to keep coming back to that. If what I'm doing is about winning an argument rather than winning the person, if it's about defeating another person rather than drawing closer to that person, if it in any way doesn't show my love for God or my love for others, then I need to recalibrate and get back to that every single time. Amen and amen. That's Carl Vaders, founder of NewSmallChurch.com, a ministry that encourages, connects, and equips innovative small church pastors. Carl, thank you so much for the great work you do online for so many people and for being on the show today. Thank you. Always great to be with both of you. Our pleasure. Carl Vaders, easy to find online. Of course, he's on Twitter. Leave the guy alone, please. 
We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, hey, if 2020 is a nightmare, we can add one more log to that uh, with something that has little bubbles ahead. Stick around for that. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-555-88. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to start Stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? At RPTS, class is back in session, on campus, in person, this fall. Theological training happens best in the context of community, and RPTS prepares students for ministry as they interact face-to-face with pastor professors who share their lives as well as their knowledge. With small class sizes and large class spaces, RPTS offers an environment that easily meets all safety protocols. So take the next step in your ministry future. RPTS, study under pastors. Register now at rpts.edu. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Coming down the home stretches, Liberty Mutual, followed by Customizes Your Car Insurance. But wait, from the back comes So You Only Pay For What You Need. So it's Liberty Mutual, Customizes Your Car Insurance, So You Only Pay For What You Need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com, WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound senior's achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at WordFM.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. Kath and I were talking about uh, scarcity of some things still in the supply line at your local grocery store. I was on yesterday's show. So uh, as I was reading, uh, uh, continued about that, I came across this little nugget, which is heartbreaking for a certain sector of people. Now, apparently the latest product to get swept into scarcity by these weird times, uh, bottled in Waco, Texas, is the beloved soft drink, Dr. Pepper. Mm. 
Since 1885, Dr. Pepper has uh, helped to quench thirst across this great land of ours. But the Dr. Pepper people tweeted yesterday, we know it's harder to find Dr. Pepper these days. We're working on it. Hang tight. Note, this applies to all flavors of Dr. Pepper, including our newest peppermint addition to the family, Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Now, apparently, this is weird. According to USA Today, the shortage can be traced to the aluminum can industry, Mm. which was not prepared for the huge demand for canned drinks after restaurants closed and people had to satisfy their soda cravings at home. Other soda and beer companies, such as Molson, Coors, and Coca-Cola, have also faced similar Mm -hmm. supply can shortages. Mm Mm-hmm. I have noticed that vanilla Coke has been unavailable. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, my backup is the uh, orange Coke. Oh, okay. I don't like that as much. Oh, that's fine. But it's not a vanilla Coke. Here's my thing. My argument with the orange Coke is the same as Dr. Pepper. Mm. There's too much going on. No, no. The Dr. Pepper has got it going. No. It, I don't Dr. like Pe- it at all. You don't like Dr. Pepper? It's too much. It's, it's everything. It's like the whole kit and caboodle. It's too much. I can't. I need what? I need some kind of, I need to focus, John. Wouldn't you like to be a Dr. Pepper too? No. I'm, yes, I do. I love do you, the Dr. You love Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I'm happy to Mike. have a Dr. Pepper. Mike, you. Uh, I'd rather go with a uh, cherry Coke. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, a, it's no, a, Dr. Pepper no, they're, they're related, aren't they? Dr. Pepper and cherry Coke. I don't even Coke. like cherry Coke. I, think I love that's a cherry too much Coke. I going on. Really? Yeah. Uh, when we were growing up, we used to go in place that you would make a, like a homemade cherry Coke. Boom, boom, at the local uh, pharmacy. You put cherry phosphate in, a little squirt of Coke. With John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.